0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Wijha Initiative Podcast. These podcast episodes are recordings of our past events that we hold in person on a weekly basis. We hope that by listening to the podcast, you'll be inspired to join us at an event. To keep up with our work, please follow us on Instagram. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in اللهم أعلمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا يا رب العالمين أما بعد So up until now we've been talking about, or at least for the last few weeks we've been talking about what are the spiritual tools that can help us get through difficulties in life, that can help us heal from the pain or the loss that we've experienced. This week we want to talk a little bit about two of them. Uh, the first one being what's known in Arabic as حُسْنُ بالله, To hold a good opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second is taqwa, which we could translate loosely as to be conscious and aware of Allah ta'ala. Alright, let's start with the first one. husnul How many of you have heard that term used? Show of hands. husnul yeah? Alright, to try to understand. So, when we think about Husn al a lot of us, for a lot of us, it makes sense, I think, in the context of human beings. Right? To, to, to show Husn al to hold a good opinion of another human being. Now, when you say Husn al and to hold a good opinion of God, that's where it becomes a bit confusing for some of us. Like, what does that mean? Hold on. So let's try to first understand the human context. So let me give you a scenario. And uh, you can tell me what, what you think. Let's say one day you see a man, a Muslim, Muslim man, walk out of a bar. Right? You're there in the plaza, Uh, At a different store you come out and then you see a Muslim guy that you know from the community come out of a bar How many of you can see the need for husnul dhan there for holding a good opinion there? How many of you see the need for it like how you would practice it? So like someone described to me what the husnul dhan Like why there's a need for husnul dhan here? What's the issue here? Yeah. Well, obviously, on the surface, it seems like the brother is doing something wrong, but you don't know necessarily the specifics as to why they're there. You know, maybe there's an explainable reason, or maybe they just need help and support. That's right. right Excellent. The key point. The key point. Um, actually, I won't even tell you what the key point is because I want to contrast it with another example, similar. So. Let's say, let's say you met a Muslim brother, the Muslim brother. You met him in the store, and he told you, you see him, you say, hey, what's going on, man, what you doing? And he goes, I'm just, I'm just doing skip the dishes. He tells you, I'm doing skip the dishes. You're like, okay, cool, whatever, man. So he walks out. You finish up shopping, you come out of the store, and then you see him walk out of the bar. Now tell me what your thought is. Anyone? Yeah. He just picked up a meal from the bar to drop off. Yeah, he just picked up a meal from the bar to drop off. He probably has a big bag with him. And he's carrying it with him. You get what I'm saying? Do you jump to the conclusion that, Astaghfirullah, what's this dude doing in the bar? La hawla. Is that? Do you jump to that conclusion? In the second scenario? No, you don't. What's the difference? In both situations, a Muslim man walked out of the bar. Why, in the first situation, is there such a need for Husn al And there's, you know, it makes sense for someone to do Husn al In the second one, you almost don't even need to make Husn al Because you what? Yeah? You have the context. You have the context. You know. The key word you said think, previously, what you said was, you don't know. Right? You don't know, there's a whole bunch of possibilities. He could be there, he could be there pulling out another Muslim, do you get what I'm saying? He could be pulling out another Muslim. He could be there actually drinking alcohol, you're right. He could be picking up an order for skip to dishes. There's many possibilities. And the question we have to ask is on what basis do we pick one possibility? See, one of our tendencies may be to assume the worst. Brother walks out, and we jump to the conclusion that he was drinking. He's at the bar. right? Maybe he was watching a game for free. You know the pay-per-view games? Maybe he was watching a pay-per-view game for free. Look, I'm not giving a fatwa here to say that, yeah, that's totally cool. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be that he was drinking. There are many possibilities But if you want to assume the worst, easily you could do that. What are we taught in our deen though? If you can find a reason, that's a valid reason for this person to be doing this, that's what you should assume. And if you really want to get to the bottom of it, then go speak to the brother. What we shouldn't do is see it, jump to an assumption, oh, he was drinking, and then go to our friends and say, yo, I saw Muhammad at the bar. Astaghfirullah, what's wrong with the brother? Do you get where I'm coming from? Like if you really want to talk about it, then go verify it with the brother. The point I'm trying to make is, when it comes to husnul dhan, it is extreme or its main practice and application is when there are many unknowns. That's mainly where you're gonna practice husnul dhan. In the case where you know exactly why the brother is there, what he's doing, when he comes out, you have all the answers, do you really need to make personal الدُّنْ? You just, just believe what is actually the case, what you know to be the case, that he's doing skip the dishes. Do you get where I'm coming from? So the key point I want you to take from these two examples is, husnul الدُّنْ is practiced in the context of a lot of unknowns. Alright, now, there's something required for Husnul Dhan. And what is that? There's a will- there must be a willingness to admit that you don't know. That you don't know. And, and, and you'd be surprised. Some people know. The, the brother walked out of the bar. What else was he doing? You like, that, that? What else was he doing? Like, it's almost like in concrete. Like, there's not a possibility he could be doing something else. And and you try and tell them, like, give the brother a good opinion. No, come on man, Muslim in the bar, astaghfirullah, what else could he be doing? They're not willing to admit that, you know what, I don't know everything. Maybe there's an answer that I just don't know. They're not willing to admit that ignorance. And it's like they feel like, no, I know for sure. And then especially when they drop the, trust me brother, trust me. You're like, that's why I don't trust you, yo. Because that's all you got to go by, is trust me. No, show me a reason. Show me concrete proof that that's the case. Because there could be something else. Y'all get where I'm coming from? So you have to be willing to admit that you don't know. And if you don't do that, you can't make personal fun. If someone says, I struggle to, do, to hold a good opinion, it's because you can't admit that you don't have the answer. If, you, if you're willing to admit that, then you'd be willing to entertain other possible reasons for what you saw. Does that make sense? Okay, now here's, here's another question. So, you see a situation. You know that there's like, let's say, 10, 15 possibilities of why this person is doing what they're doing, right? Some of those 10, 15 reasons are, are good reasons. And some of them are terrible reasons. On what basis do you choose one? You don't have to choose. Sure, okay. You don't have to choose. But let's say you want to take action. Let's say you want to take action because, you know, as he was mentioning, if there's a brother coming out of a bar and he's drinking, he may need help. He may need help. And so maybe, and maybe he may not be willing to reach out for help. So if we're, if we're going to choose to, I'm just going to ignore it. Like I never saw it. Then how do we take action to help those who need help? Do you get what I'm saying? So in the case that someone wants to take action... But what do you need to first do? You need to verify what took place, right? You need to approach them, for example. Okay, now I, w- I want to give you an example. When there are unknowns, what might lead you to pick a possible, a possible, uh, one of those possibilities? And the other question, I, could, I, guess you, I guess another way to look at it would be, when you're dealing with unknowns in general in life, why might you be okay with those unknowns? And I'll give you an example here, right? Let's say a car, you're like you're walking down the street, a random car pulls up, says, where are you going? And let's say you're naive. So you tell them where you're going. You're like, yeah, I'm just going to the bank. And they're like, oh, hop in. I'll take you. Random stranger. How many of y'all are like uncomfortable with hopping in? Yeah? How many of y'all are like, yo, I am feeling a bit tired. Let me just jump in the back. <laughs> Anybody? We got some wild souls here? Anybody? No? Okay, man. Why not? They told you where they're going to take you. Right? They told you, yeah, I'll take you there. You know exactly what they, what they said, like where they said they will take you, you know that. But you're not you're not comfortable jumping in. There's unknown. Could is it possible that they could genuinely take you there? Is it possible? What's also possible? What's also possible, yo? Yeah? You get kidnapped. You get kidnapped, yo, yeah, they take you and mashallah. Right? That's also possible. Okay. Now you have to ask yourself why you lean more towards the heck no, I'm not getting in. Let me give you another scenario. You're walking down the street and your mom pulls up and says, hey, jump in the car. And you're like, where are we going? She's like, don't worry about it. Just jump in. Would you get in? He's like, no. He's like, no, I'm still not gonna get in. You're going to get in. are going to you're taking a to some boutique or some, some da'wat, some somebody's house? Yeah, is, is that the worry? No, but it's not the same, right? There's, there's much more of a willingness to jump in, isn't there? You know what's really interesting is, your mother didn't tell you where you're going, right? She didn't tell you where you're going, so you don't even know where you're going. But you're still willing to get in and sit quietly and not text your friends. Guys, if you don't see me, last I was here. You, you don't do that. Tell me why not. What's the difference? The first person told you where they're going to take you. They literally told you the destination and you said no. The second person didn't even tell you where they're going to take you. And you're like, yep, no problem. You jump in. You feel at peace. Your heart rate's low. You're all good. What's the difference? Trust. Trust Trust what? You trust the person. There's uncertainty. But when you know what... When you know who controls the uncertainty, who dictates the uncertainty, you're more willing to do what? To say, you know, my mother, is it possible that your mother just kidnaps you, yo? It's possible. It's not a completely impossible thing. Right? Like, I don't want to get super crazy about what's possible, but like, it could be. You can't say it's impossible, but it's highly unlikely. To the point that you never consider that, do you? You just get in the car and you sit peacefully. On the other hand, right? That, it's not guaranteed that you're going to get kidnapped, but you're still, no, I can't take action there. I can't jump in that car. So what do we notice here? We jump to a conclusion and we're willing to take action based on what? Based on how well we know the one who controls the, the uncertainties. Do you get that? the one who controls the uncertainties, if you trust them, you'll be willing to believe they'll take me to a good place. You won't ask questions. You'll be comfortable with not knowing the answer. Not because you know the answer. No, but you know that the one who has the answer and who controls the probabilities and the possibilities, you trust them. And you might have the answer, but you don't trust the person giving you the answer. Then what? you won't be willing to take action. They're giving me the answer, but I don't trust them. I can't do it. Because I don't know who they are. When it comes to husnul dhan billah, let's now apply that here. Let's apply that. You find yourself in a really difficult situation in life. Is it terrible? I mean, it's painful, right? It might be painful. But we talked about this before. Painful is not the same as being evil, or terrible. It's painful, sure. Is it necessarily a a, a terrible thing, an evil thing that's happened to you? Is it? There might be a tendency to believe that. No? Because of the pain. But it's also possible that what? Some good comes from it. No? Is it not possible? That you're saved from some calamity? That you'd learn a lesson that's valuable in life? Is it not possible? That some good comes from that. So there's there's a bunch of possibilities of what this painful incident in my life can mean. There's possibilities. Which interpretation do you take? What's going to influence how you interpret that situation? Apply what we talked about. Previous Previous experience. That's not what we talked about. Because that's not a guarantee. And that's not what necessarily. Because you might have hitched a ride with a stranger and they were okay. But then this time you just look at them, you get a feeling, you're like, nah. Your previous experience doesn't necessarily (laughs) dictate what you do in the future. Yeah? If you trust Allah. If you trust Allah. And what would lead you to trust Allah? What do you need to trust someone? You need to know them. You need to know them. Do you understand me? And if I ask you, do you know Allah? Do you know Allah? Like who is Allah to you? And if you don't trust Allah, then the answers that Allah gives you. You know what's really interesting is, the different difficulties that we experience in life, Allah in the Quran in many places, gives us perspectives to hold on them. He gives us angles from which to look and interpret those difficult situations. Yet some of us might still struggle to accept that and say, no, 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 I can't take action. Why? Because we don't trust Allah. And why don't we trust Allah? Maybe we don't even know who Allah is. Maybe the, the version, and I hate to use this, but the version of Allah that we were introduced to was an Allah that you could never come to love. An Allah that would punish you for every little mistake that you made, that hears every time you lie and sees every time you steal. The Allah that's there to punish you. And maybe that's the Allah you were introduced to. And so when you're then told, yeah, you should trust Him. It's like, really? It's no wonder that you don't trust Him. You learned like a part of who Allah is in terms of His attributes and names. You didn't develop a holistic understanding of who Allah is. And that's why we study the names of Allah. Do you get it? What, how, how can we hold a good opinion of Allah? When we learn about who He is, we develop trust in who He is, and we say, look, this, this, this situation is painful. It hurts. It's not pleasant. But there must be some khayr in it. There must be some khayr in it. And I'm willing to go with it despite the pain. I'm willing to take action and continue to move forward. And I'm I'm willing to continue to worship Allah and serve Him. Why? Because there could be goodness in this. No, Shaykh, there cannot be goodness in this. Not possible. Who does that sound like? Shaykh, there's no goodness in this. Trust me. Who does that sound like? That sounds like the person who's not willing to admit that maybe they don't know. When we feel like, no, this this that has happened to me in my life is a terrible thing, I'm convinced of it, and I'm absolute, I know for sure it is. Well, if you're not willing to admit that maybe you don't actually know the true meaning, you don't know what the future holds, you don't know how this is going to impact you one year, two years, three years from now. You have no idea. You don't know what's gonna come into your life tomorrow. If you're not willing to admit that, oh yeah. You have no reason to trust Allah and to have any good opinion of him, of course. Because you, you can't get over yourself. Y'all get where I'm coming from. You're not willing to admit your own ignorance. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're gonna be convinced that your interpretation is the interpretation. And you'll even ignore what Allah tells you in the Quran about what other interpretations there could be to these things. How many of you have heard the verse? Perhaps you hate something, but it's actually good for you. How many of you heard that? How many of you heard that verse? And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know about that. Maybe you love something and it's not good for you. And you're like, no man, but I love her. It's like, do you know if that's good for you? No, but I love her. Does that mean it's good for you? Tell me, does that mean it's good for you? That's the crazy thing. The human being could actually do something that's not good for them. When they're not not clear about why they're doing it, and they're not considering all the variables, they don't t- now, we, have a, we have an expression we use. We say, turn a blind eye. Because what, what does a blind eye do? doesn't see what's right there. Will, willful ignorance. Sometimes that's what we are. When we ignore obvious red flags. That's what? Willful ignorance. No, sheikh, trust me. He's the one. I'm like, okay, yo. I'll trust you, sure. Because it's your marriage, not mine, yo. But good luck with that. Do you understand? You know, like, there's like some dubious sources always. One dubious source. WhatsApp. Right? What's another dubious source? Trust me, bro. Right? These are dubious sources. And I get it all the time, by the way. Trust me, sheikh. I know them. Do you? So... What I'm trying to say is, when it comes to having a good opinion of Allah, one of the reasons we struggle to hold a good opinion and interpret painful and seemingly negative events in a positive light, one of the reasons we struggle with that, we don't really know who Allah is. And if we don't know who He is, it's going to be hard to trust Him. And if you don't trust Him, it's going to be hard to take what He says seriously. Does that make sense? But imagine, imagine you learned about Allah. You learned Allah is Al-Barr, the source of all goodness. What does that mean? That all goodness comes from Allah, and goodness doesn't just come in the form of goodness. Goodness can come in the form of pain, and things that we perceive to be negative, right? We learned that Allah is Al-Hakim, the all-wise, وَفِعْلُ He's the all-wise, the one who is wise, no action of theirs is empty and devoid of wisdom. We think that we know everything about the situation, Allah is Al-Aleem, the one who truly knows everything. He knows about its past and its future, it's apparent and it's hidden, He knows everything. And, the problem is, if we're not willing to admit our ignorance, we're claiming to be like God. I know everything. I know the whole situation. I know exactly what happened there. I know what's happening behind the scenes. Do you really? Allah knows. You don't know. wa antum la ta'lamun. Allah knows and you don't know. And you need to be willing to admit that. Remember, when you claim to be God, it's going to be hard to accept God. And you might say, I'll, I've never claimed that. When you claim to know exactly what it is, when there are other possible interpretations, no, I know for sure it's this. On what basis? Assumption. I know for sure it's this. You're claiming to be God. You're claiming to know for sure what it is. You're not even entertaining the possibility that you could be wrong. Then you, that's claiming to be God. In one, in one attribute at least. In the attribute of knowledge. That's what you're doing. You're claiming God's knowledge. If you have God's knowledge, why do you need God? Yeah, you don't need God. Then why should you trust Him? You don't need to trust Him. Just go by your assumptions. Do you get where I'm coming from? So, Husnul comes Billah always comes back to, do we trust Allah? And to trust Him, do we know Him? It's very hard to trust someone you don't know, right? It's very hard to trust someone you don't know. And if you ever wonder why you struggle to trust Allah, well, look to how much you know about Him and who He is to you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to understand that. Um, the second thing we would talk about, but I'll leave it for next week inshallah, is taqwa. And we'll talk about that next week inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to really understand who He is subhanahu wa ta'ala and to then develop trust in Him so that when we have situations in our lives that are difficult, we can inter- interpret them in a positive light and thereby... Keep ourselves optimistic and never lose hope. Amin Ya your Alameen was all a Barak, Ala Sayyidina Muhammad.